0: friends welcome to episode 211 of storyteller conclave this is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game to the next level i'm sarah i'm rob how we doing rob
1: well if i had plugged my mouse then i'd be a little more prepared but i wasn't so you know things happen we can engineer around them i suppose
0: that's what we get oh. for not having a sound engineer anymore and having to double up on duties. You know, it's not that bad. I still think I'm going to get one of those um, uh, boards. I'm yeah, little, little soundboard here, put over here by the mics.
1: No, no the uh, now I'm trying to think of the name of it, and I've actually completely lost it. Like Mixer? the six button, like app buttons that you can get. Oh, launchpad, launchpad. I no, gonna, no, no, not no, 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 no. I'm not sorry, launchpad. I can for making see awesome them in my type head music. They come in like 6, 12, 16. Yep. They had a Stream new Stream Deck. One. Stream Deck. Thank Stream you. Deck. Totally lost my brain there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to get one of those to have everything that I need right on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, cuz I like 6 or 8 buttons is pretty much all I would ever need. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh yeah, I, I just hasn't been needed like Really, it's not yeah, that you. heavy of a requirement, but yeah, it, it's within the list. So,
0: well, you know, Yule's coming up, so that is true. That is true.
1: Um, beyond that, uh, we had the first game session of, of Nova Nova Praxis,
0: Praxis, yeah,
1: which is Heat Sinks game, um, which is a derivative of Savage World, mm-hmm. um, engine. And uh, I thought it went
0: really well. I thought it went really
1: well too. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I mean, there was there was your obvious first session jitters and, and you know yeah. stuff like that. But like uh, nothing nothing that was unexpected in any way of God, like no. you know first session rockiness and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I really think I I I told Sean on the way home from from game. I said like um we had played uh, you know some Dungeons and Dragons before. He had tried to run. Not only Princes of the Apocalypse, but he had tried to run um, Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Yes, and it was very clear to me, having seen him DM those and then storytell here in Nova Praxis, that mm-hmm. Nova Praxis was a whole new game for him. Like yeah. the, those other D and D games were very much not his element, and like his his storytelling uh, for his Nova Praxis game was phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely yeah. top notch, and it was.
1: There's a certain joy to sitting there watching someone get comfortable with it Mm -hmm. and watch the table get comfortable with it. Um, It was really cool. We had a player who really hasn't had a chance to roleplay in a very long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, And she had a great time with a great character, like fell into her character, as well as he falls into his character in your game. Yes. And, And I use the term fall into in both kind of a, like the way some people can naturally elicit who they are into their character. Mm -hmm. And both of them pretty much did the same thing where from the moment that they started, they're like, they, they recognize what they needed to do to be their character and kind of just pushed that button, that one button. The one thing that most of us can't do, which is I only know one trick. This is the one I'm pushing to be my part, my persona. And, realistically, that works exceptionally well in role-playing. Yeah, it does. And then you can wrap everything else around that and become more whole. Whereas instead, we're all trying to do all these crafty things to be a unique character. Right, you know? right, right, right. When it's just like, dude, you're dopey. Be dopey mm-hmm. all the time. Just the try time. and be dopey all the time. <laughs> so, I, Which is funny, because I'm trying to do that for my characters. I'm trying to pull myself, like, trying to pull Rob back from leadership mm-hmm. by being a jerk. yeah and i'm like i'm just going to be a jerk i just
0: just a little jerky like i'm not a complete turd i'm going to get not the like job not like a pvp done. jerk but, no, like, no, but like but like i'll do it but i'm going to bitch about it the whole time the whole jerk. time <laughs> the whole
1: time and uh, and i'm going to throw little comments at people like i keep calling the one person in our group who's still like bio they're not like chipped and sleeved a meat bag yep. and a hamburger. Like yep. I'm not throwing yep. nasty comments at it, but they're all like joyful pokes. You know, mm. I'm still working with them. Like that's not ending. So yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's different to do to push those angles, and I highly recommend it. Especially if you're a storyteller, like you get exhausted from playing hundreds of characters mm-hmm. as NPCs and trying to remember stuff. It's good to just do
0: one thing. Yeah, just back off and and be one thing. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And enjoy it. Uh, that was one thing that, that, that Sean was saying, was that he really wanted to get a game to play with you and I in it. Yeah. You know? Uh, and so he's, yeah, he's finally got his wish on that. The, the only the only other other wish he has is he wants to play alongside me under another storyteller. Yeah. We actually haven't had the chance to do that because we storytell for each other. Oh, yeah, totally, mm-hmm. totally, totally. Um, yeah.
1: And I'm, which is funny because, like, everything that i'm doing i'm trying to keep myself from writing things or getting ideas and all Mm -hmm. i'm doing is writing ideas and then pushing them off to the side Mm -hmm. and i keep getting a more rounded view of what i would like to do in the future Mm -hmm. and i'm just like you know i like that i'll I'll keep that over there and it's like hey rob rob you're a storyteller get back over here yeah trying to like seduce me into (laughs) it again so
0: but i'm trying to take my time
1: i'm trying to take my time so speaking of
0: storytelling being the storytelling, so uh, yeah, we have a the first uh, the first episode of a three part kind of mini series. We do yeah. this occasionally where we we just we we see that we've got similar topics that are near each other, so we'll lump them all into the same month or we'll think of like as we're coming up with a topic we'll be like that really should be two
1: topics this is this is going to be real long if we keep this yeah, going so
0: exactly. so uh so we we did that in our scheduling session uh that we had uh not long ago and yeah. uh we came up with a bunch of a uh, bunch of episodes that we're going to have about combat this being the first one uh and the topic of which is combat without combat yeah and that sounds a little contradictory well i mean it is in the sense that
1: like when we at the inception of tabletop gaming, as a, if you watch the peak and rise into role playing, mm-hmm. um, it was fantasy miniatures. Yeah, right. Whether you yeah. go as far back as the actual
0: tactical, like,
1: uh, historical battling. on Yeah, tabletop. a lot of those like
0: play by mail, you know, uh, uh, African assault, World War II, you know, yeah. sort of things, you, you know,
1: know, or you step into like chainmail and some of those where mm-hmm. it was. There was no real role play in it. Yes, you were playing a role, but you were effectively just moving a mini instead of going from large scale to squad to very small scale. Mm -hmm. You know, it was it was role playing at its inception. And because of that, it was war game and strategy
0: With a flavor
1: wrapped on top of it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Role playing was almost kind of of tacked on afterwards. Kind of like as it evolved into a role playing game, as like Chainmail evolved into D anD D, it was like it did that because they wanted to tell stories about the heroes that they had in the Chainmail game. You know, right?
1: Because they wanted to be the heroes that they saw. They wanted to be Conan. Mm -hmm. You know, or they wanted to be Buck Rogers, or they wanted to be whatever was out there. Which one hundred percent, you know, be token. You know, and instead of writing, let's. I'm writing the story, but I also want to play as these characters. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. through that, it carried those roots of combat centric in. Yeah. And tried to mimic as much of it as it could through because that was the rules that it knew. Mm-hmm. And how it knew how to balance
0: and figure out. Oh, that's not even I mean, that's not even, even terribly strange. Like uh Savage Worlds actually started as a as a miniatures combat game and grew mm-hmm. into a full role playing game on top of that. So I mean it's it's even, you know, modern systems are, you know, mm-hmm. kinda have that backstory to them. I think there's quite um, a few
1: modern systems that still do.
0: But you you can see that in a lot you know b- because of that in a lot of systems where like the grandfathers of modern systems grew up as combat systems as strategy war games mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and so when you've you've kind of set this precedent in in gaming that like combat is a major component of role playing you know mm-hmm. having a a well fleshed out established detailed rule system to adjudicate combat is you know you you look back on your forefathers essentially you have forefathers um and uh and you say well that's what that's how D&D did it and D&D is a you know huge major product so mm-hmm. let's we got to have an established combat system mm-hmm. and then the predecessors of those systems look back and say well they had a big combat system and D&D had a combat system you see how it kind of you know propagates itself and honestly, I, I gotta say, like, growing, you know, for, for having over 25 years, you know, role playing game experience mm-hmm. and stuff of like that, storytelling and whatnot, um, it's really only nowadays that we're seeing a widespread amount of games that are making that sort of broad narrative push. And I'm not saying like in the last two or three years. I mean like in the last decade or so, you know. I would agree with that statement. But I think also it's it's part of the growth cycle.
1: I mean think of how long ago D&D came out. Oh yeah. How yeah, much yeah. evolution and 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 rule design that came out of that system. And then what... what Basically the OSR break. Mm-hmm. at At that point, how many years did it take before we saw... We we as a collective community saw systems that now make that are now known mm-hmm. to the greater community, and a lot of that has to do with distribution. A lot of that has to do with um, the conventions changes. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that has to do with just the way that the properties were distributed. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Cortex is a great example. Like we just talked about that, where literally members of the TSR team left to do other crap. They wanted to tell a different story and yeah. wanted to show that in systems. And those rules people came forward and said, you know, we don't have to follow this example. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a framework, the D20 framework is great, don't get me wrong, but we don't have to follow it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I,
1: and I kind of want to make the point here, because we're going to, I'm not going to say that we're going to bash D&D in this, because we're not. We're actually talking about tactical versus narrative. Uh, And that's the real key. And one of the things that you and I went back and forth just a bit about in the research of this was, like, where the break line is Mm -hmm. between um, when a system is is tactical and when the system is narrative. What is that? What is the zero mark in the middle?
0: Yeah. You know, that
1: really defines that. Because we talked about Savage World being on one side, Cortex being on the other,
0: you know. (laughs) And it's it's funny because when you start talking about the, like dichotomy between a system like Cortex and a system like Savage World, it's it's funny to me because I I conceive of like Savage Worlds as a narrative heavy tactical game, mm-hmm. and Cortex is a like narrative heavy wait no
1: is a mechanical heavy narrative game
0: mechanical heavy narrative game yeah but yeah. it's not
1: tactical.
0: And, and it but, feels but, – but what I'm saying, yeah. though, is it feels like if you take one layer of tactics out of Savage Worlds, it stumbles directly into Cortex. I completely agree with that yeah. statement, and which
1: put forth my question to you, or, or my thesis statement, which was originally that the defining line between the two of them mm-hmm. – and this was, again, we, we went back and forth, and I kind of want to do that real quick – is that initiative, once initiative hits the table – it is no lo- we are, You're not playing in that other system, like the other yeah. side of the system. Yeah. You've moved through the mirror, and now you're over here. Just by saying, "Roll initiative," mm-hmm. we are done. Yeah. And there, that doesn't exist on the other side. They don't have that. Right. 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 You know that dichotomy is not there. But you made a really interesting point
0: about that. Uh, and well, and- I, I think we're we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves in in the discussion, though. I I, I almost I want to build up to that that point. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. but.
1: I'll leave it at this then to kind of get us stepped into the right direction. Sure. That calling for initiative causes pain. Yeah, it does. It's, it's unseen or seen in some cases. It does. And you know, it, why it's, why are we having this discussion? Why is this a show?
0: Right, right. You know, games have perfectly good rule sets of rule, you know, sets of combat rules. Why are we talking about how to circumvent them essentially?
1: And the answer is is that so many people say that combat takes too damn long. Yep. It's the pacing, that pace break where we're having this great narrative and everything's going great and then the music kicks in, mm-hmm. roll some dice, and now it's like all right. I guess, yeah, yeah and, all and, and
0: that's and that's the discussion I wanted to set up first was was that it is one of pacing but it's also one of consequences and I'm going to circle back around to consequences in a bit. I it, think that it's exceptionally important. Um but but yeah, I think that the, the pacing is the big one. I mean, you have I think everybody who's who's been in the hobby for a little bit has heard her uh, heard that old D&D joke that like D&D is the only game where a three hour trip takes 30 seconds, but a 30 second combat takes three hours. I think that's accurate. I think that's accurate. And I mean, it's funny, but it's also true. Yeah. That, like, combat does represent that much of a grinding halt to your pace that a 30 second combat can take three hours of gameplay to adjudicate. You think of any other action in a role playing game that takes three hours to adjudicate i i'm I'm walking away from that table, you know yeah. and, and
1: and to be fair, it does sit pretty far in the tactical scale, but there are other games that are equally as challenging to adjudicate through combat mm-hmm. because of the fact that there are mechanics that are detailed that go into even savage world takes time, oh sure, sure, You're dealing savage world cards faster, but it's by no means speedy yeah it it streamlines quite a bit of it and takes mm-hmm. out a lot of the bulk, but I mean it's still a
0: break point from narrative to action. Exactly, exactly. So you think about, like, task resolution in games, right? Sure. Just think about, think about like, mul- multiple different tasks you might do in an average game, all right? Yeah. So you've got things from moving moving at the pace of, say, real-time resolution. Mm-hmm. Okay, so most social encounters are real-time resolution. Why? Because we're talking at the speed of talking. Yeah,
1: right? It's, it's also, I mean, at, at the same time uh in in relative difference there it's usually either a simple request like a, a simple push a simple
0: action that takes care of whatever sure. resolution is you're stepping up to the guard uh, i'm going to persuade him i'm going to make a simple persuasion check or i'm going to make a simple bluff check or something like that yeah. so it's near re- real time in yeah. most cases um but then you've got kind of your expedited narrative pace mm-hmm. um for a lot of other things like like we mentioned travel you yeah. know as, as the joke goes, it takes a 30, thirty seconds to make a three hour trip. Why? Because you say and you hit the road, and then you show up at yeah. the weary traveler inn. Yeah. Okay. Boom. Done. Uh, most crafting, most shopping yeah, is hours just like... of of in game quote unquote in game time. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Even something like you know lock picking or searching for traps. Right. Okay. Um. Now, unless you're the lock picking lawyer and you're picking things in three <laughs> seconds, um. You know, or searching for traps, like, a lot of those things where it says, like, you take ten minutes to search the room for traps. Well, we don't take a break, you know, and say, like, Mm -hmm. okay, everybody, you know, get a a snack, go to the bathroom, whatever. It's going to be ten minutes until we're done searching, so go take a walk, you know? Right. No, we say make a search, roll, boom, here's what you find, or here's what you don't find. Right. And we're done. It's faster than real pace, you know? But then you get into combat, and like you said, you roll for initiative, and everything stops. Everything yeah. grinds to a halt. Yeah. And you've got this intricate resolution of mm-hmm. individual minutiae, mm-hmm. right? So not only initiative, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean initiative initiative is is the is the death stroke right there, yeah, but that the that initiates the whole the whole killing of your pace, mm-hmm. but then you've got okay, how many attacks are you making, how much damage are you doing against which specific targets are you targeting? you get a measure exact range to make sure that everybody is within your cone of cold because you want to hit everybody with that cone of cold, yeah um et cetera, et cetera, you know, and traditional combat rules. Just take that story that moves at or above the pace of real time, and now, you know, you're down to six seconds every 15, 20 minutes. Well, not only that, but, like, at most. instead of everybody being involved
1: within the moment, like, even if there's crafting or something else, everybody's involved in that yes. in near real time. Yes. Now it's legitimately the moment the dice hits the table and that person sees their initiative number... They have just gone into standby. Uh-huh. Their brain is no longer connected to that sequence because they're not interested.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: that disinterest really brings down the game. hmm Brings down that energy level of game. Drops the, the game's personal serotonin reserves, if you will.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean, look, I, I, get, I get that, um, like... You know, I, I run a game where I split the party a lot, mm-hmm. where I will run individual scenes for for people, but at least those are kind of engaging because on a meta sense, you're still gaining information because, yep. you know, you, your character Theodane might not be there, but, but Rob mm-hmm. is at least hearing that, you know, Vedran is doing something or another and have this conversation with Lyraleth and, yep. you know, whatnot. So you're at least still processing it. Rob is still present in the scene. Yes. But you know, with, with something like combat where like, you've just got somebody kind of going, like you've got an intrad- you've got a, a, an individual person going like, all right, well, I've got this spell or this spell. Yeah. Which one am I going to cast? Hmm. Well, this person's in range of this, but if I cast this, I won't have that. That's not fun for anybody. And you, it's, it's not, it's not difficult to understand why someone would check out during that and like right. be browsing their phone or whatever, you know?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Um, and it is rare to understand that the end of combat isn't just that. The end. It comes to a close with kind of a defined result that is understood. Mm-hmm. Like, it's either you win or you lose. It isn't, there, isn't a, there isn't something in between. And in that sense, most combat systems don't allow for an in-between. Yeah, they it really is, don't. It is it is either it is either
0: defined one way or the other and
1: that right there doesn't lend well for consequences.
0: Yeah, yeah, it really doesn't because it, uh, there there was actually a really great uh, Reddit thread uh that I saw not too long ago that was really thought provoking about this whole uh it really put into words a lot of my um difficulties with like Dungeons and Dragons. Sure. Um, specifically. But but I mean, this this also goes for any game that styles themselves off of the Dungeons and Dragons, you know, heavy combat.
1: Yeah, not even necessarily D20. I think this would apply easily to Palladium. This would fit into GURPS. This would fit into um, a pretty, a lot of the D20 systems. Pathfinder would, would equally as fit within that sco- scope.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um But the – so the the, the point of the thread basically was that running D&D combat is actually really difficult for the storyteller. Mm -hmm. Um, Really super stressful for the Dungeon Master Uh, because you – there's so much emphasis placed on uh, balancing monsters correctly, balancing Mm -hmm. combat encounters correctly, Mm -hmm. right? So you can't have too many Mm -hmm. uh, uh, enemies because then they can be one-shot or AOE, you know, area of effect, you Mm -hmm. know, like like Fireball or something like that. Crowd control. Um, and a lot of times if you've had – if it's a small – it's a swarm of small creatures, they're too small to present any danger mm-hmm. because of how things like to hit and armor class work, mm-hmm. you know. um, It can't have too few for the quote-unquote challenge rating because then they need to be so large that they can demolish their party mm-hmm. on, a, on a on a bad die roll, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, how many stories have you heard of like, oh, yeah, I put them up against a red dragon and uh, I TPK'd them in one fire broth? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not a terribly uncommon thing, you know? I want to give them a big boss monster, but then that boss monster just wipes them off the board. Mm -hmm. Because it's balanced for a much higher level group. You can't let them win, or that's a TPK, and nobody likes that. Right. Right? And you can't make them lose so quick that they aren't fun to fight. Yeah. So essentially every combat encounter in D&D is a ca- is is a, a carefully choreographed dance of I'm going to put up just enough of a fight to make your pulse quicken but not enough that you're ever in any real danger. But and and the other thing that that speaks to is that a lot of
1: storytellers want a specific outcome, want want a hard outcome at the end of a combat encounter. Uh-huh. And that's not how combat encounters
0: work mechanically especially with all the dice rolling that goes on in them yeah. i mean the, let's not forget that the, the dice are a randomization mechanic mm-hmm. you know like the
1: i wouldn't say the ultimate but definitely a heavily weighted one yeah and because of that again it doesn't give an, an option or does not present an option of consequence that push the players to other options right like right. fleeing running uh, hiding you
0: know, taking a hostage. Yeah. You know, negotiating. There's a, basically it's, it it's very much like it kind of switches you into like, okay, well, if this is a quote unquote combat scene, that's now how we get out of it is we kill or we are killed.
1: Right. Right. You know? And, and somehow like once the, once the swords are drawn or arrows have been thrown, you know, or have been slung in in a direction, it's everyone is here to murder. Yeah. And it's no longer murder. It's. This is I am surviving. Mm-hmm. We're in war or something
0: well, for I those should... thirty seconds, <laughs> was you know, re- or less. Really interesting uh, situation that happened in uh, Sean's Nova Praxis game, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, Sean's brother James, yeah, uh, ran in and had this like you know like monofilament blade or something like that in his arm. I don't remember exactly what it was, but. Uh, uh found out real quick how D and D tactics don't work so well in Savage Worlds. No. Because he straight up sliced someone in half. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I did not expect him to go down in one hit. I'm like, he's an extra. That's all he has is one hit. Mm-hmm. And you had a you just... cybernetically enhanced body wielding a monofilament, mm-hmm. katana blade. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you cut him in half. Yeah. You know? And he was like, Oh, I I didn't I didn't I didn't mean to guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, well, lesson learned, you know. And you just killed a guy who can't come back. Yeah, but your but your instinct was, you know, the the point of it is the instinct was this is a combat, run in and try to kill. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And you hope you knock their hit points down a little bit and maybe they go, Oh, I'm low on hit points, I give up now because you're expecting that attrition but yeah. Savage Rules doesn't have it, it's up, down or off the table for extras, so yeah, yeah, and and
1: I feel like the the games that sometimes we watch don't don't do the honesty of what's really going on at the table mechanically. Mm-hmm. They're extrapolations of those moments of when combat just kind of dies due to conversation. Um, and I say dies in the sense that it's no longer important. Mm-hmm. But when people are playing at your table or at a home table or wherever, you don't get those same kind of transitions, those narrative transitions. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's interesting. Like in your game, I was able to force it. Mm -hmm. Uh, When we came upon the bandit camp and uh, uh, Thalian decided that he was going to do a show of force uh, at a, <laughs> a at a in, entrenched encampment with weapons drawn. Yep. Yep. Uh, and we were just like, nope, nope, nope. This is not a combat. This is fun- not a combat. The He's funny an idiot. thing
0: was is that those weapons were drawn specifically for him because oh, yeah. they saw what he did in the last combat they had with him, and they, the guards were given specific instructions: if that asshole right there tries, and opens they, his that mouth. one, yeah, in particular, the Ponzi looking one, <laughs> right. right. Does anything? Shoot him. Yeah. I don't really so much care about the others. They seem cool, but that guy—that guy right there—the <laughs> first thing he does is a show of force. It's like, okay, well, you take two someone? crossbow bolts to the chest. Yeah. And I love how you guys jumped on him immediately. We're like, whoa, <laughs> whoa! Whoa, whoa! He didn't mean it. We got him tackled. He were, he's, you know, I'll we got him myself. I will <laughs> cuff him myself. We will knock his ass out, and <laughs> we will talk about this. But we will talk about, about this exactly.
1: And and it's things like that that don't normally happen when you're walking up to a camp. That's not something that usually comes together. Yeah, usually it's like okay, there are bandits. Roll initiative. Well, not, we have to plan, right? We have to tactically advance on this place. Yeah, you know, and and handle
0: it in a different way. I'll come in from the north. You come in from the south. I'm going to cast fog cloud, and you guys, yeah, yeah
1: you know, you know. So this could all be done in three hours when we're done with this combat. You know, <laughs> right? So. <sighs> So when you then start removing things from those options list to just kill or be killed, mm-hmm. you know, as Overwatch put in the, th- the the Game of Thrones design, you know, uh, as it comes to it, it it really does stop things. Yeah. It stops the feeling. The I think the question comes into play is, can you mm-hmm. with your table? Can your will your players accept it that step away from physical mechanical combat i had to do it in my D game yeah i there was no way i was going to fill up all of our time with just doing combat after combat after combat even yeah. though all of you were combat yeah. monsters um and i think that depends on the group i think uh-huh. we did really well with that i think every time i made an
0: adjustment you guys were exceptionally forgiving sure sure I mean, I I think the answer to that question is extraordinarily table dependent. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you you and I have I, I, I say lucked out because our personal preference is narrative heavy. Okay. Yeah. And understand that when I say we lucked out that we have narrative heavy players. Understand that it's not a judgment call on anybody else's table. No, not at all. But we prefer narrative, and we got a bunch of narrative heavy players, so we lucked out personally with our yeah. own lots. Yeah. And
1: our players understand that we are narrative people.
0: Yeah. And and they too are you know are narrative heavy. You know when you said, hey guys, I I don't kind of don't want to do combat. Yeah. You know, like tactical combat turn by turn for the ending of my D game. Every one of your players went, Yeah, no, 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 don't, let's don't let's not, let's do, not that. do that. We yeah. we have no allegiance to it. Let's 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 bail. You mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. Um, and same for me. When I said, guys, I'm thinking about switching over to Savage Worlds, it's got, you know, the the benefits of it are a lot more, you know, narrative, possibilities, blah, 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 blah. I've said all this on the air before. All of my players went, That actually sounds great. Mm-hmm. Let's make that move. And you all leaned into it really heavy, and that was great. Yeah. Um, but you know, your your table your table may be different. Mm-hmm. Um, but the question you really kind of need to ask is, you know, how important is it that you do the intricate resolution of combat? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the question we're really trying to ask with this is: Are you getting anything more out of finding out? just how well that arrow hit the guard mm-hmm. or just how many of the exactly how many of the zombies got caught in your fireball
1: yeah you know i mean i i, I go back to the seventh c example first mm-hmm. edition dueling is a big thing yeah there there are all kinds of neat techniques and maneuvers and ways that you can mess with your opponent and tag them and mark them and, and cut them down or defend against them in unique ways. And all of that is crafty and cool, Mm -hmm. but it's flashy for two people, maybe three, if you've got like a kind of weird Zorro thing going on, you know, but it again still eats a lot of time but it does lend to a specific type of character it spotlights a character for a period mm-hmm. of time and if you if it's necessary and you can do it like having the swordsman fight the sword bad guy you know the the Inigo Montoya of your group you know yeah, getting yeah, his absolutely. revenge i think those kinds of moments are beautiful for that but at the same time that person's dedicated a lot of points to that
0: yeah and that's that's the other really tricky yeah. part of the equation is you know uh we've got all these shiny combat abilities on our sheets we kind of want to use them you know i never get
1: to use these things exactly i mean
0: i i I myself but part of how this this whole kind of um episode came together is that i myself have been struggling with this concept of do i want to destroy the pacing of my game by actually using you know turn-based combat in situations because the last couple times i've done it it just i'm I don't know that it's that it's had the payoff I wanted it to, you know? Mm-hmm. It was good. Everybody mm-hmm. enjoyed the miniatures and stuff like that, but like I feel like maybe it wasn't as as great as it could have been. Um and that's yeah. just a general vibe at the table. I don't think anybody had a problem with it. I don't think it was ever a negative, but I think it was at best a a, a strong neutral. Yeah,
1: you know. Like would you have been better off taking photos of your mini setup in a really epic way and using those as splash images as we discussed the, the, the opening of the combat.
0: Yeah. Maybe, you know, you know, and, and, and
1: I, I often wondered about that with most of my game, Mm -hmm. you know, but at the same time, like I have specific individualized abilities yeah. That are designed to be used in a tactical sense. Yeah. How do I feel like a complete character if I can't do those things? And
0: honestly, you're not the only one. I yeah. mean, look at look at Regar, look at Karu. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're both com- they're the combat monsters of the group. Right. If I start doing things cinematically, there's like a combined five or six edges that just go out the window.
1: And not only that, it's just like the consequences now have a different weight mm-hmm. my ability to heal and keep people up and and you know battle cry to them so that they're all buffed and things changes yeah drastically yeah it does now granite i already can see in my head how that can be adjusted within terms of the game and mechanics within savage worlds because savage worlds does handle combat very differently mm-hmm. I could easily see this happen, like, looking back to D&D or some of the other games, where, like, Cleric's kind of useless at that point. Yeah. You know, and it's... Honestly, that's a
0: weight that you have to be concerned about. Just just about most classes in, in D&D become useless if you're not running them in combat, because, mm-hmm. like, 98% of the combat abilities, or uh, of the abilities in your classes are combat-based, you know? Yeah, yeah. So...
1: Well, I want to step away from that mechanical error because if you can get beyond that, mm-hmm. if your players can accept the fact that not every combat is going to be crunchy, numbery, everything. right, right right. But you still want to have combat little c. right. In your game, what do you do? What does it feel? What's important even? Yeah, exactly. Like how do you still keep the importance of the scene without making it hyper detailed and
0: every role mattering? um all right mr smarty pants storyteller you tell us how do you so uh, can i say years ago years ago we had a show but it t- <laughs> we're post-pandemic man time we time actually is we've now. talked
1: about this twice in uh-huh. shows um and if you if you feel like you want to go back and catch those there's nothing wrong with that uh in episode 74 wow um, we talked about uh, combat encounter design.
0: Yeah, it was called encounter design colon combat encounters. And we
1: did do a show uh, 135, which was uh, storytelling without combat. Yes. Um, in we case are... they,
0: in case whatever you're looking at doesn't have the numbers on them.
1: Right, right, right. Um, but the the whole point of this was to say that um one of a, a one of one of our I, I will say community at large content creators guy Sklanders of uh, how to be a great GM um really pointed out and i i like this design i like Mm -hmm. the idea of defining what you're stepping into as a storyteller and what it is and this is kind of regardless whatever the encounter is there are three things you have to remember Mm -hmm. as a storyteller to make it mean anything and that is there have to be stakes Mm -hmm. there has to be options Mm -hmm. and there has to be triggers and these are telegraphed to your players these are the truths that must be telegraphed okay okay so in the case of stakes the idea is is that it should not always just be life or death there's a bunch of thugs you're standing here now that is a thing Mm -hmm. like sometimes the ogres come out of the hills to kill the people sure and it's it's pretty much simple as that but the idea is does everybody is everybody in on the whole death thing like to the death you know or maybe some people are just to the price Or maybe some people are just to the price that they were paid, and that's too much. Yeah. You know, I'm invested a little too far. This isn't worth it. How many times have we seen in movies where the guy's like, you know what, you're right, it wasn't worth the money. I'm out.
0: There's that, oh, it was Iron Man 2, I want to say. Yeah. It was that great scene. Great scene where he like drops one guard and the other guy was like, you know what? He's crazy and he didn't even pay me enough.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the other one that gets me is uh, the firefly scene where you've got this big oh who's basically just like he's going to hunt you to the end of time. Screw you. And he just, they kicks they, him into the jet engine And then goes immediately to the next guy who's just like, yep, best idea for everybody. I'll take the money and go. Have a nice day. You know, like, <laughs> Right right to the, I want to go home tonight, yep, you know, kind yep. of a mentality. And I love that. Um, under options, what we're talking about is that, and we think about this as storytellers, we don't often telegraph the options. Mm-hmm. Um, some games explicitly make sure that you telegraph those options to your players. But this is where you're helping the players by knowing that they can maybe talk their way through it. Maybe they could pay. Maybe they could you know, work their way through the situation or around the situation uh, besides doing a direct attack, that there are, there's more than direct combat, you know, maybe you could ambush them in a way that catches them. Mm-hmm. And now you can have a conversation with the ones that are left over while some are hanging in a tree, you know, mm-hmm. you know, all of uh star Wars, you know, kind yeah, of a thing. Yeah. And it's the idea is, is that those options sometimes i would say most of the time it needs to be telegraphed to the players because not everybody is fast on their feet for thinking of ideas of what to do yeah so having some and, and i and i say try to keep it to 3 so mm-hmm. that you they don't get overwhelmed and they may come up with something completely different most of the time they will mm-hmm. but having those out there helps your players know what's that you're you're prepared as well.
0: Well, not yeah. Not only that, but it, like some people don't. Uh, as, as kind of I, I I said you know earlier, like when you roll initiative, people go into this like, oh okay, it's kill or be killed mode. You mm-hmm. know now you know so by starting that conversation with, okay, you've got some options. Mm-hmm. You could do this. You could do this. You could do this. Or if you guys come up with something else, cool. Let's entertain yep. it. You know. Yeah. You have started the conversation by saying it's not kill or be killed. Mm-hmm. There is cards on the table, and we could play this a bunch of different ways. Yep. And and the last one, which
1: I think is one of the most beautiful things that have come out in narrative storytelling, mm-hmm. is the idea of triggers. And mm-hmm. that those triggers are well telegraphed. We see it in movies more than anything else, where you've got, like, the bad guys are at one end of the town, and they're getting themselves ready to leave town, mm-hmm. right? And the town people know that they're there, and when you see the sheriff and, like, you know, sub-deputies riding back in from the ranch where they got the information they needed to basically know that it was these guys, Mm -hmm. you know, doors start closing, you know, people start bringing their kids inside, you know. You see the open sign flip from open to closed. Exactly, like, maybe he pulls the drunk in, Uh you know, he doesn't care, but, like, he's going to bring him in because he doesn't deserve to die either. And, like, those are the triggers that show something's going down. Mm Mm-hmm. And you know that it's a dangerous thing going down. You know, there's nothing to say that you can't have, like, when you walk into a room, the dead silence. And in that trigger that you're telegraphing, you can see the people reaching for their pistols, you know, Mm -hmm. and things like that. And you know the draw is going to happen. So that everybody is waiting. That anticipation moment is there. That moment before initiative. Yep. Right? To be able to say, what do you guys want to do? Right? And now you've got that. You know that it's going to be combat. How are you going to manage this? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be managed with a big C or a little C? You know, Or not at all. And so having those three helps you define and makes sure that you're pushing that to the players so that they can move through it with you. Right, right. Give them that what-do-you-want-to-do moment. Yeah. Yeah. So the next piece to that really comes into um the challenges that they're going to be presented with and the approach vector that they're taking it from. Right, right. Again, narrative games, a lot of times, will telegraph this directly in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Blades in the Dark does a great job of this when yeah. you're stepping into situations. Um, because you need to know how you're going to go into it. 7C Second Edition did this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they presented those uh, those opportunities. Um, but there's nothing to say you can't do this in any system.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's
1: just a choice of how you're pushing it out there.
0: I mean, when, when it comes down to it, um, you know... It, Combat rules in a lot of systems that have, you know, their own separate combat chapter, you know, that goes into initiative and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. Um, I deride it a lot, but Savage Worlds absolutely does, Mm -hmm. you know, 100%. you, uh, uh, You have to remember that combat is a task just like everything else. Yeah. And so if you can roll a single die to pick a lock or you can roll a single die to bluff your way past guards... Why can't you roll a single die to see if you can fight off a handful of goblins?
1: Yeah. You Why know? can't it be a dramatic task? Sure. Why can't everybody add to the successes that come to a conclusion? Mm-hmm. Why can't people's successes mean other things? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm a good fighter. It doesn't mean I'm only good at choppy choppy. Right. Right, It means I've done other things in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm, I may even have abilities that say that I can do other things in my life. Yeah. So there's no reason why that single role that I do in combat and can counteract someone else's failure. Right. Mm-hmm. So that they don't have to deal with a consequence or maybe I take the consequence and they have the success. Right. Like that's the trade off there within those that allows for narrative movements mm-hmm. and changes that. And I think that's also where approaches can be more successful or less successful. What and, and oh, this is the other part that gets me is when storytellers say. My players keep doing the same thing to avoid combat because they, they, they know that they're dice-heavy in that direction. Like, they'll always stealth around things. So I constantly have to make combat encounters that they can't stealth around. Why? <laughs> right they're really good at it yeah let them be really good at it go do something else
0: yeah like keep giving them a reason to stealth around it how do i stop my player from using the ability that they spent all of their character points building exactly or or that
1: they helped other characters to be able to do like the one fighter they constantly make him take off his armor to get around combat and then they pull it out of the bag after they're done with that so they can go deal with whatever sure that sounds beautiful yeah they just saved you a
0: buttload of time. Yeah. Let them. That's beautiful. I mean, honestly, as 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 someone who only gets to run their game, like, once a month optimistically, mm-hmm. I run maybe, like, eight to ten game sessions a year just because of scheduling conflicts, you know, yeah. and such like that. Like, the ability to fast forward the, the, the story that much yeah. and, like, give you guys that much plot, man, I look forward at what my game has in, like, still, like, the plot projection, the scaffolding that I'm working off of and stuff like that. It's going to take us another three years to finish this game. <laughs> like, no no joke. It, it may take us three years to finish this game, you know?
1: I, I only smile and nod my head and laugh because I've been there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've been there. Uh, and it's, it's just because I've got six players that all kind of want their own, you know, their own things and yeah. stuff like that. And I want to give that to everybody, but I also want to tell a cohesive story at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, and cohesive stories take a bit to unfold because yeah. you can't just be like, suddenly there's dragons. I mean, you, you can, you can, Matt Mercer did it and it worked great, but mm-hmm. you know. Uh, what I'm saying, you know, you you need you need things to set up for narrative payoff and whatnot, so things don't don't seem lumped well, in.
1: And... and I think that's the other. I'm I'm gonna jump back to what we were just yeah. talking about. When you deal with combat, it's very hard to put opportunities in place mm-hmm. that they can find or be part of the story. There is nothing to say that you can't add opportunities into little c combats yeah sure. that have way more weight and flexibility because mm-hmm. if they come up with something creative like one of your players is like you know okay so we're in this room right yeah all right um can i kick the desk across the room to slam the door shut on them you want to you want to stop them from coming in yeah okay you did that really well the desk drawers all fly open when you kick it, and littered across the floor and throughout the air now
0: is all of the notes. You know, you know who did this miraculously? Hmm. Sean. Okay. The scene. Okay, so the the character. This last we weekend. Were, yeah, the character. Okay. The character we were talking about uh, earlier that is like that really fell into her character. Yes. Um, yes. 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 So she is essentially the uh, movie star slash Instagram influencer style character. She's she's a face of the group, right? Yeah. Her persuasion skill is ungodly yeah and it's that's right it's it's because she's got a bunch of raw natural talent but her sleeve also has like pheromone you know enhancers and and stuff like that that just makes anybody in her presence just like melt into pudding in her Mm -hmm, hands mm -hmm. you know so she is following these guys who are essentially um uh masquerading uh, as the maintenance workers yeah yeah they're bad guys masquerading they're infiltrating terrorists masquerading as the as the the uh the, the maintenance workers and so she follows them into this maintenance area. They feel cornered and aggressed on by this. Mm-hmm. So one of them pulls out a gun and shoots at her.
1: Yeah, tries to shoot her.
0: Uh, fortunately rolled like a two, mm-hmm. missed her wide. And her response to this was, are you seriously trying to shoot me? Do you know who I am? And that's all it took. And that's all. And she rolled like a persuasion of like 16 or something like that, which in yeah, Savage like Worlds is raises. massive. Yeah. And so Sean just goes, okay, fast forward like 20 minutes. You are sitting at a table with these guys. A half empty bottle of whiskey is sitting between you. And these guys are like, yeah, I don't know. Our boss had this plan to do this, this, and this. And, you know, uh, I we were really terribly on board with it. Sorry about the whole trying to shoot you thing. But, you know, just we, we just didn't know what to do about it. We seriously didn't know who you were. Hey, can we get a selfie with you? Yeah, You know? Yeah, by the and way, so you'll never
1: see us again. He <laughs>
0: used he used that great success not only to defuse the combat, but to roll directly into these guys just dumping plot. Yeah. Just plot exposition. Why wouldn't they run at the mouth? They're sitting with a movie star. Yeah. They're drinking with a movie star.
1: Yeah. And and time had passed. And uh-huh. we didn't need to fill in the gaps of what was said or what How was done. How did they get there? Who cares? Who cares? What cares about is where did it end up? Exactly. Now maybe the player would have wanted to add some other stuff in there, but this this player didn't. Mm-hmm. This player was like, "Sweet, that's exactly what I wanted out of it." Yep. And yep. it's wonderful to see those kinds of moments be able to come through. Mm-hmm. And you don't get that with Big C. Yeah. You get that with just an encounter. Yeah. You know, and that's that's where success can lead to opportunities, can lead to something. More than just I killed more of them than they got of us mm-hmm. you know, and st- honestly steps us away from the constant problem of murder hoboing. yeah, it really does and and are we the baddies? yeah, you know and I, and I like that. I like that in in games. I like that in in taking combat from big C to little C mm-hmm. to just encounters. yeah because there's no reason why they have to be different mm-hmm. now, again. We're not discounting tables where people like OSR combat. We're sure. not discounting tables where dueling or you have players who really want to show off their magical or physical prowesses. Have those moments.
0: Have have a scene that's important. Or people like Sean and I who are like, we found some really cool minis on, on myminifactory.com, yeah. printed them out, and now you all have to look at them. Uh, I, think they, <laughs> I think they were all beautiful and wonderful. I love the ships. <laughs> All of that
1: was was great stage makeup. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it was thick and it was beautiful and it it made us all smile and get feel engaged. Mm-hmm. I, I love all of that. Yes, but at the same time, combat was fun. Yeah, the situations were great because they were encounters, not combat. Mm-hmm. And that was that was some of the best part about it. Yeah,
0: so. You want to get to questions? Sure, because I think they fold right in easily. All righty. So, Technolich, welcome back, Technolich. Yeah, is uh, asks us: uh, Combat is often seen as a special case of a case form of conflict resolution. Why is it frequently treated differently than other forms of contested slash conflict resolution by the gaming systems? Um, well, like I said, I, I think uh, I, I think I think the answer here is twofold. Mm-hmm. You know, we discussed earlier about how everything kind of has its roots in 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 uh, war games, mm-hmm. and from there, you know, the first iterations, Dungeons & Dragons, was essentially a role-playing war game, and then you move forward from there, from forward from there, forward from there. Everybody looks back at their forefathers and says, oh, well, they did heavy combat, so we have to do heavy combat. That's how you do a role-playing game.
1: Yeah, and I think the other side of it is, is that a lot of people look at um, role-playing games as an extension of video games now in many ways, mm-hmm. because they've had them. You know, when they look at things like World of Warcraft um, and, you know, as as an older game, or they're seeing newer games that are doing the same types of things, they want to do the cool thing they did in the game. Yeah. I want to be the monster hunter who hunted the monster and did these cool moves. Oh, God, I do. Yeah. You know, and in that, that's respectable. I get it. Mm -hmm. I 100% get it. But at the same time, it doesn't always translate as well as you think.
0: Oh, from the board or from yeah. digital to the board. You know, there's there's also, I think, a, a pretty heavy component of um, you, it's 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 ironic. You 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 actually achieve the exact opposite effect by getting more granular with your with your with your uh, judgment calls and, and narrations and, and adjudications and stuff like that. But I think initially the idea is you want that sort of granular storytelling to um. Simulate the sort of fast-paced and exciting environment that combat can be. There's a lot of chaotic elements, you know. Uh, little, you know, it's it's a it's a game of inches, you know. If you if you mm-hmm. if you hit or miss with that single arrow or that single you know pulse rifle shot or something like that, could make or break the success of uh you know of 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 your team and. Everybody kind of craves that, like, essential, like, oh, I made the play of the game sort of thing. Yeah. You know? But, ironically, in trying to make things fast-paced and exciting by using all these rules to adjudicate the minutia of combat, you slow it down to a crawl and actually make it boring instead of exciting. You know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, for a lot of people. I'm sure there are a lot of people who enjoy it, but...
1: People like sports for the same reason.
0: Yeah. 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 There are a lot of people who don't understand why people like baseball, you know? it's it is it is a team
1: sport and that is kind of what some of the tactical combat feels like and i i yep. respect it sure. i understand it go for it absolutely but it does not make it narrative mm-hmm. um nevim has some questions that i'll throw in here as well because there's something i want to kind of get to at the end of this that kind of popped into my head too. yeah sure so, um how to avoid getting bored with too long combat sequences. We're going to get to that. <laughs> we have two more of these. I think you'll... So you'll is this like of, a segue into the
0: next, uh, next, I, I, it's uh, next episode? It's kind of a segue
1: into it because yeah. the next... Uh, well, well, I'll explain it in a second, but um, what makes combat meaningful for the players? That is a hard question to answer.
0: This is where we start talking a lot about what you were saying earlier um, uh, about stakes. Correct. You know... Um, I think stakes being defined is
1: one thing, but I also think that to make combat meaningful, it has to have both consequences and opportunities and a notable outcome.
0: You stand to gain something or lose something Mm -hmm. depending on how the combat goes. If you lose, you will be disadvantaged. If you win, you will be advantaged. Right. And if you win well, you may be given
1: opportunities. Mm Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, Nothing to say that some of those other pieces aren't in there, but I think that's – combat is only meaningful when you know the stakes and you know what the consequences and opportunities are.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, Do you need combat in a game? Again, we'll get to
0: that. (laughs) Do you need combat? yeah, I mean we can give we can give a quick answer. I mean there there's definitely a you know, we can give we can get to that. But the, I the say, short answer is no.
1: The short answer the very short answer is no. Even in a game where
0: combat is wrapped around the players, you do not need it. Correct. Um I, I mean there there are whole games like Kids on Bikes mm-hmm. where uh I mean the whole point is your kids. Are you really gonna fight the big bad evil monster? No, you're not. You might trap it, you might sick the authorities on it, you might uh, you know come up with interesting you know uh Bic lighter and aerosol spray can solutions to Mm -hmm. uh to to dealing with it but i don't think you ever really have combat in that game
1: so before i bring up the next topic Mm -hmm. something hit my mind and i think it lends directly to it that had to hurt it kind of did um we know that vtt's are a big thing sure a lot of vtt's are literally just um an overlay of digital minis on mm-hmm. digital terrain, uh, with some effects. Sometimes they have the rules built into them, so it helps with rolls and things like that. Yeah, sure. Uh, but as far as the effects of making a roll, it is not crunched and calculated like a video game, mm-hmm. right? There are still there's still the point of doing things on the table. D and D one, the VTT that they're working on keeps kind of pointing to me in the direction and and again i could be very wrong with this that it is going to help you with those mechanics to the point that like if your players come into a scene where there are enemies that are hostile or they open with a hostile act that it will auto roll initiative Mm -hmm. and you'll be able to select what your character does and then those effects will go off and, you know, and the DM will do their things, and it'll basically be turn-based combat. Mm-hmm. There's a couple questions that come out of that. Like, how do you break from that? Yeah. How do you, how, when does the np when do the NPCs get scared? Mm-hmm. When do the players get scared, or know to get scared? Mm-hmm. Is there a button for flee? Yeah. Does everybody get to flee? Do they flee at once? Do they flee together? You know it opens a lot of other things that that video games have to deal with, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, that yeah. is
1: often a problem. There is rarely a point unless it is scripted into the combat where the bad guy goes, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, you got me right mm-hmm. It's usually when their hit points are zero. Yep. and they're laughing maniacally as they're falling off the balcony with like the kid that they've got captured, mm-hmm. and you're like, no, and now you have a revenge story, you know, or something stupid. Shine. Exactly, <laughs> and and but the whole point behind it is is that as we move closer to digital platforms, with this combat becomes different; it becomes more mechanical, mechanical yeah, to the point that. It, you no longer as a storyteller or even as a player have a way to break from it without it becoming painfully part of breaking the system the mechanics
0: i mean there there's there's already stuff i was seeing like there, there was add-ons for uh uh foundry foundry vtt mhm um when kind of like you know in the thick of the pandemic when we weren't meeting in person you know that i was seeing um that was like, oh yeah, here it's an automated shopkeeper, you know, and like your characters can just like in- click on it to interact, and yeah. then like you can set it up with like gear and prices. Yeah. I'm like, this is a video game. Yeah, I'm like, why would you ever need something like this? And I'm mean, Sean was like, this is a great idea. It's like, so you know, I don't ever have to bug bug the storyteller with shopping. And I'm like, I know, but that should be a scene though, you know, right. like your storyteller should be checking off on things like that rather than just you know like likewise. That you kind of need to know that as a group
1: that you went and upgraded your armor, yeah, yeah, you know, exactly, and spent all the money mm-hmm. on that. Like, there's there's a lot going on in the story there that that's important. Yeah, and I yeah, like I I I get it. I understand where that mentality is coming from, and it that it, it feels like it's a quality of life thing, mm-hmm. but it's only a quality of life thing because it's turning tabletop games into digital games that are now becoming digital games. <laughs>
0: it's is a reciprocal cycle of like video games looking at it's, it's the two Spider-Mans pointing at each other. Yes. Or you know? you've got video games going like, man, I wish I were more like the tabletop role playing games, the tabletop games going, man, I wish I were more like that cool video game, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and it's, I think there's an apex there. That's, that's maybe not as healthy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, uh, Overwatch I'm going to I'm going to end with Overwatch a statement.
0: I and yeah, I was just going to quote this cuz this, this is, is great. I
1: think this is great. Thank you Overwatch. So uh in in our Discord the live show chat Overwatch says, action movies are cool when they have a dramatic high-energy fight sequence with a cool slow-mo moment in there for added effect. Overly complex game combat can sometimes feel like the whole fight is done in slow-mo.
0: Yep.
1: And I think I think that's a great way of saying why we even had this episode. Yeah. Is that you need to have that grand feel of a of of a scene, a dramatic scene, and then a bit of slow mo, right? Right. That can be described, and realistically, your players should be doing that description mm-hmm. and enjoying the moment, so they can talk about it. You know,
0: I uh, I remember a great moment. This happened in uh, in my game mm-hmm. when the first time the whole group in Skingrad, went to go uh, meet with the Thieves Guild. Yeah. And so this ragtag band of adventurers with, like, one and a half people who understand underworld contacts. Mm-hmm. And you only count as the half person because you'd been there once before. Once before. I knew uh, the people I was you, dealing with. You met, the, you met the people you were dealing with. Yeah. And everybody kind of had this cool, like, you don't actually have the upper hand in your own base moment that they did. Mm-hmm. Where, you know regard just struck an intimidating pose, and he made a roll. And, like, Learleth, like, fades into the shadows and, like, disappears. Just gone. Karu does, like, a backflip and lands on the second-story balcony. Where all the archers were. And just looks at the archers like, go ahead, I dare you try it. Yeah you know yeah
1: you'll be dead before you knock the first arrow and
0: these were like just three quick rolls with just that yeah. that took just as long as me narrating them like that you know mm-hmm. and then uh we had one that we had our slow-mo moment mm-hmm. which was um lord valian arroway our resident asshole uh uh noble walks up to the biggest guy in the room because he has the arrogant Go, goes to pass him actually uh did you go to pass him or do and you walk he, up to? No, him? he was
1: walking up to the main dude, the oh, guy stepped up to put his he's hand. He was going to approach like, the, oh no, no. the Thieves
0: guild leader, yeah, and, 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 and the and, thug, and the, the thug, the gorilla, uh, steps in front of him and go, you know, like puts a hand on him, and I was like, okay, draw a card. This is literally one quick turn of initiative, and you and I are the only people involved in it. Mm-hmm. Draw a card, and he drew higher than me, and I said, okay. You have the upper hand. You will act before him. What do you want to do to him? Mm-hmm. And he cast a confusion spell, twisted his, grabbed his hand off of his chest, twisted it, put a spell on him and put him on the ground mm-hmm. and went, don't you dare touch me. Yeah. <laughs> and just didn't even break stride. Continue to walk up to the guild leader, yeah. grabbed a chair, set it down and put his feet up on the table. <laughs> didn't have to turn into combat, but we had our slow-mo moment mm-hmm. of, okay, this one could go either way. Mm-hmm. Okay, it went your way, let's continue. Yeah, it was it was such a wonderful scene to deploy and everybody felt it. Exactly, exactly. Now could we have had some combat there? You had to fight your way through the guards. Sure, I'm sure we could have, but like yeah. would that have been fun for everybody? No. Or could you just flex on them? And we then did. that was the point of it. You flexed, we're done. Yep. We get it. You're powerful. Yep. You know? Yep.
1: And that is that is where this miniseries starts. Yep. Um is is analyzing combat differently Mm -hmm. so our next episode is when to end combat yes (laughs) (laughs) as as nevim asked uh
0: how do you stop long
1: combats from getting boring well you end them yeah you end them before everyone is dead yeah And, and that might even not even be the point of it the sometimes the point is the combat is long since over even if every especially when everything left is just like bugs
0: Everything's Just everything's squishing things at this point. with a yeah. thumb,
1: you know, kind of a thing. You're mm-hmm. like, yeah, you guys
0: have still have plenty of spells. There's tons of resources. In the first three rounds of combat, you have killed ninety percent of their forces and taken a combined four hit points of damage. You're not losing this fight. Exactly. We don't need to go another three turns for you to hunt the last exactly. ones down. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh with that said, you can find us on Twitter at ST underscore Conclave, on Instagram at ST underscore Conclave. Listen to us live every Wednesday night at seven PM Eastern time on mixlr.com slash storyteller dash conclave. And join us on our Discord. We'd love to hear some uh, some questions for, from you. Um, we will field them here on the uh, on the air. And also, uh, you know, talk about your game. Bounce some campaign ideas off yeah. the other great storytellers that are up there. Always some great discussion going on on the, uh, the, the, on the Discord. You can find that link on our Twitter as well as our website, storytellerconclave.com.
1: Yeah, we've actually had a lot of lively conversation on our Discord, and I love to see it. And yeah, we, I yeah, love yeah. seeing people talking about systems, mechanics, their stories. Mm-hmm. Please come join us. Um, we'd like to thank our Patreon members who help us out every month. Especially our name members, Knox in the Box, Subjet, Sam, The Arcane Asylum, Sparkle Motion, Veteran, Huluvoo, and Sean. We really appreciate all our, your support. Our pre show music is by Arcane Anthems. You can find them at Arcane Anthems. Uh, on patreon or on instagram and our intro music is beyond the warriors by Geefrog. you can find that at geekfrog.bandcamp.com or on google music and our outro music which you're hearing right now is only our footprints in the sand by major machine
0: you can find them at freemusicarchive.org and a big shout out as always to our families vicky and sean thank you thank so much you. for loving and supporting us uh all of our friends who sat at our tables over the years to give these great stories to share with you and you every single one of our listeners we love you guys so much love you good night good night